Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of the 13th Man Podcast. It's Shane, we got Frankie, we're your host as always. And on this week's episode, or Friday's episode, we're going to be, there's a couple of things we're going to talk about. Some uh, interesting news in terms of Canadian football in the NFL. Uh, we got some of those questions for you to that Frankie put out. Respect the, the fan name. Baits. Fan baits. The fan baits. <laughs> so we're going to jump into that. We'll start with the news first. Uh, Nate Hawley of the Calgary Stampeders 2019 Rookie of the Year was granted his release by the Stampeders to pursue NFL opportunities after what seemed to be a really rocky offseason in terms of him not being able to go uh, and pursue those that they finally were like, yeah, you can go get them. I can understand, like, beforehand why they weren't letting them do that, right? Like, I, I think that we've all come to understand that rookies are here for two years before they're allowed to go anywhere. But now that the season's been canceled, I don't think you can tell a single player at this point. If you're if you're a CFL general manager and a player comes up to you and says, look, I need to find a way to feed my family. Can I be released to go to an NFL team and maybe make some money there? I think you have to say yes. Like if you say no, you you're an asshole. There's no two yeah. ways about it. Considering you're not the players aren't getting paid, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think if you're your GM, I think you do it. But I think there's definitely going to be some sort of agreement between both the player and the team on if okay, we we'll let you go, but if there's no success there, and you know, we have a 2021 season, you are coming back here. Like you will honor the contract that you had with us. I think it. I would like to see the CFLPA and the CFL come to the table on this and reach an agreement, because, like you said, it, I have no problem letting a player go to the NFL right now, with with there not being a season and everything. Like if if Boldly Levi Mitchell says, "Look, after sec after what happened last year, I know I have a chance to be a third string quarterback somewhere. I'm gonna go take it," and in that example, I, I think Bo would probably end up sticking around. But if there's a guy that goes that plays maybe a year or, you know, doesn't even make that roster or any team in the NFL, you come back next year and you play out your the rest of your contract. I I think that works pretty well for, for both parties. I mean, you definitely have to look at it as a player and as a organization because I think that's – my issue is that you have these players that come and have one good year – and then they're off into the, the NFL. And I've always been one to be like, oh yeah, players deserve to make as much money as possible in a short career. But this is where you have, and I mean, this is a little bit of a different circumstance, but you know, you look at the Trey Roberson situation where it was very rocky until he was released to go to NFL opportunities and whatnot. It's like, this is where the problem lies when it comes to a fan's perspective. You know, would you, and, and here's the thing, if Bo Levi, if Bo Levi left, let's say he, he left last year to be a third string quarterback. What does that say about Bo Levi? You know, I think it just says gonna, that he wants to go feed his family and make as much extent, money as possible. But it just means that you're playing for the money and not for the love of the game. You care more about the money than actually playing. I don't, and I think I, I, that's, that's the thing that fans have an issue with is that if you're going to go play in the NFL and be a a roster spot or a third string player. Yeah. You're making more money, but it just prove it just shows the fans that you play for your, you play more for the money than you do for the actual sport. So there it's one of those catch 22s. And if you're, a, if you're a fan, 
just to comment on that too, like I, I think there's validity in both sides of the argument there. I understand why it looks like they might be playing just for the money and not for anything else. But you've also got to remember, like, he's... Let, let's use the instance... Let, let's say a player just had a daughter. Just had a baby. If I'm that player, I want to do everything in my power to make sure that this child has as much growing up as possible and then as much left for her when I'm gone as physically possible. I'm... But it, it, it's the same thing as if I'm working... Let's use the example that you used making pencils. If I, You use this way back. This is a massive callback, and I can't remember what episode it's from, but massive, massive callback. If I'm making pencils and I get offered X amount of dollars for making pencils, and then a guy that has a pen manufacturing company, the biggest rival of, of the pencil creating company, comes to me and says, look, I'll give you more money and you have to do less work here. Bet your ass I'm going to make some pens. Oh, 100%. And again, I have no issue with players going to the NFL to make money. It's just, it's a fan perspective. You know, and I think this is something that has hurt the league over the last, you know, 20 so years is, you know, we, the league has relied heavily on American talent over that span. And if you're a fan, like if you're a casual fan and you don't really care about the behind the scenes stuff and you have these American players, these big name, like big talented American players who come in for one, two years and, or, and then they stick around because they realize that there's no real NFL opportunity and then have the audacity to complain about something, you know, there, there's a certain level of perception that casual or not super hardcore CFL fans have in terms of American players. And unfortunately, this group of American players are feeling that reputation, even though it's not fairly, it's not, it's not their fault. They have it because in the early 2000, mid early 2000s, mid 2000s, American players were using this league as a stepping stone and didn't really care about it. Now you have a group of players that does and actually cares about the league, but they have that perception that for like players before them, created i want to quickly ask you to because uh, we're on the topic of american players right now derek dennis tweeted something that was very interesting to me a day or two ago uh and but he pretty much said why do people think that the cfl needs more canada to be a success and for i remember i tweeted something a couple months back before we talked to derek dennis that said uh the cfl pa should always be headed by a canadian and I ended, up, I ended up deleting that a couple days later and after we talked to Derek Dennis because I actually changed my mind on that point. Um, I'm starting to think that the Canadian factor of the CFL isn't exactly as important as as it's made to be. I don't know how you stand on this. Okay, this issue, so but... I actually, I know what tweet you're talking about and I commented on it. So I'm going to bring in, I'm going I'm to bring up my, my response. Go for it. So he, so his, 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 Derek Dennis's tweet was, I'm trying to figure out why people keep saying you need more Canadian players to fix the CFL. And my response was, it doesn't need more Canadian. The CFL needs to work with football Canada and new sports at creating better training and development plan for amateur football. And the reason why I say that is because if you look at hockey, there is a huge development pipeline of hockey in Canada. And we forget that what hockey is in Canada is what football is in the U.S. Yes. These players breathe. 
They sleep, breathe, eat football, just like how a lot of these Canadians eat, breathe, sleep hockey. You know, you can say that, oh, the NHL needs more American star players to have success in, in American markets. Yes, but you also, like, Arizona is a prime example for NHL surviving in a market that, you know, until the pipelines over and talking to people from Arizona who've been following Arizona hockey since they've been there, it hasn't been for the last like 10 to 15 years. You know, the guys that the Austin Matthews, the, the Clayton Kellers, the Kachucks, those kind of guys where NHL players started to have families in Arizona where amateur hockey started to take up. It takes time. But for Football Canada and the rest of the provincial football associations and new sports, there is no real football development path. It's all privatized. There is no public or, you know, available training across Canada for football players. And, you know, I talk, and from my own experience, you know, I've played football in Ottawa. NICAFA is a great organization. Uh, the, the National Capital Amateur Football Association, wonderful organization, wonderful association, has done a lot for minor football in Ottawa. But there's not any camps that there were, at least when I was playing in that organization, were for receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, DBs, and linebackers. There was very few for linemen and D-linemen, but there was even fewer that were high level. It was all like, it was all the, the basic mechanics. And once you got older, there wasn't really much. You know, you have the grassroots training in like from your seven to 12 year olds, but training outside of 13 and up is very sporadic. And that's the problem that we have in football right now is that if you play, if you play, you know, triple A or double A or what or competitive, you have access to a bunch of stuff. If you play provincial, you don't have access to a weight room. You don't have access to a training facility nine times out of 10. You know, you're the organization doesn't, train you or pay for you to go get trained in the off season. Unlike in hockey, the funding for football in Canada is a lot lower than in this, than in hockey. And that's why the CFL has relied so heavily on Canadian talent or on American talent. I, I just don't know how you fix that though, Shane. Like if you, if you look at just driving around Ottawa, right? If you, if you see a football practice, by the way, you won't see very many of them. We don't have the numbers like they do in the States. And, and it's not even close like that. That's part of the reason why Canadian talent is not even on the same level as American talent. But if you look at them, they're out on rinky dink fields that to be honest with you, um, most of them probably don't have anywhere near the requirements to be at what, what would be a field in the U S and then you look at some of the American high schools Look at the stadiums they're building. Look at the facilities they have. Because American high school football is the same as Canadian junior hockey. It's fair and, that, and that's the thing is that American football is just like hockey in Canada. And I think, and, that, and that's the big problem is that you talk about fields and practices. If you go down to the States, especially the Southern States play, you know, those players are usually playing roller hockey, not ice hockey. And as someone who's been in, in the Ottawa community, you can find football. You know, there's a lot of football in the city. Oh, you can, you know, but from... you won't see it. Like if you if you drive by an arena, it'll be packed. If you if you drive by a, a a bunch of fields, like 
we we normally have baseball, soccer, and football combined. How often are you going to see a football team out there? Well, to be fair, most football teams only practice twice a week. Right, but like and... you you don't see the the younger kids and then the older kids out there. Like it's it's very our football here is not anywhere near to scale what our hockey is or what American would no, but see I mean, the minor football. To be like. fair though, you're also like as someone who's been in both actively, American can he, like the football in Canada in terms of practicing at the amateur level is high. There is a lot. You can drive around the city during the summer, Monday through Friday, between six and eight and nine o'clock and find practices all over the city. The problem is and don't even game days. Game days are great. You can literally go anywhere like between end of August through October. You can go anywhere in the city and you can most likely find a game. Football is very at least in Ottawa is very big. But the problem of the problem is is the out of season training isn't the same as it is for hockey. For sure. The the way hockey works and the way hockey's developed isn't the same for or is greater than football. Now, okay, so it I'm I came up through hockey and nobody is able to go out in the offseason and have their team pay for training. Like that that's not something that happens. Right? That that won't start until you hit probably the major junior level. You might see a little bit of it in certain junior A leagues. I you know, there's some there's some high quality junior A leagues out there that will have uh players come into gyms you know, every day of the week and, and work out. Most of the time, though, like in a lot of junior A leagues, not the case. Or for most junior A teams, at least. Like, especially the ones out in the sticks. But for for major junior hockey players, absolutely. And I think that's the thing, is that we don't have... And I, and I think we're seeing it in Ottawa. So, you know, we're both in Ottawa, so my experience for football is really Ottawa based. I, I'm not really sure how things go overall at West or at East, but for Ottawa, we've started to see a change in football in the way high school or the high school age football athletes are being treated and how their training has improved. So they've actually, they've combined with uh, the Quebec league and have created these two big 10 conferences uh, in Bantam, the, the U 16 and midget, the U 18 leagues, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, the level of play has increased dramatically because of it. It's just a matter of the off-season training. It's the off-season availability. You know, in the States, especially in the Southern States, you know, they can go to a field year-round. They don't have snow covering their football fields. To To have training indoors in a dome is very, very hard. Uh, I know Ottawa U and Carlton usually do it, and you can train with them, but you don't have the same. It's not the same kind of training, or it's not the same kind of. It's not the same in-depth training that you have in the states. No. Now, let me let me ask you this: to to get back to the point of what Derek Dennis was saying, do you think the CFL really needs to be more Canadian, or do you think this league could simply survive with just bringing in the best possible football players? and just destroying the ratio rule completely. Yes and no. It should be Canadian. There should be Canadian players on the team. Oh, I agree. I don't think you should just tell Canadians you can't come play with us. So, like, but the problem is is that you can have a team full of Canadians. If you're not generating 
lower, if you're not generating amateur football, if you're not generating a way to increase amateur football, you can have thousands of kids sign up. Whoop-de-doo. You got the players, but it's what you do in the off season. It's what you do in between seasons that keep those players there. It's so, increasing the, the competitive level in football because I've played in teams that sucked, that didn't have a lot of guys, but I couldn't go join a team that did. I wasn't allowed because we had just enough guys not to fold. And it's things like that. It's a, it's creating, you know, these competitive teams and creating, because football is a hundred times cheaper than hockey. Oh yeah. Especially at the amateur level. Most teams charge, I think up towards 500 bucks, depending on the age group. If you're, if you're U18, you're paying probably 500 bucks for an amateur league. And that's including the equipment, unless you go buy your own. It's, you know, you're renting the equipment. All you really need to do is buy cleats. You don't even need to buy a mouth guard. Anything else that you add on top of that 500 bucks is all because you want it. You don't need a visor. You don't need gloves. You don't need, you know, you're going out there and spending that kind of money because you want it. You know, it's not like you need to go out and buy a $500 hockey stick, a thousand pair, a thousand dollars worth of equipment every single year. So actually you would be surprised. Kind of have to with hockey. Hockey is expensive. That's what I'm saying though, is that for football, you don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars every year. Yeah. So football should rise. Training Football Canada has done a really good job at training coaches to probably, and has done a really good job at increasing safety for players. I will give them that. So you can get the signups. You can get players in and on the field year in and year out. That's not the issue. The issue is creating competitive talent players and giving them a, an area and a place to train and look to to play. That's the problem. Like, CF and C CHL hockey, the way CHL hockey works, it's like, yeah, it's honestly comparing CHL hockey to NCAA hockey. CHL hockey is 10 times better than university hockey. I would, I would, and and there's things that the NCAA does really well. Like, I don't think the NCAA hockey sucks at all, but I, if I was a player, I would simply rather play in the CHL because it gives you a better experience of the professional life. uh, And that's the thing. The U.S.'s school before sport, well, technically, we all know For that's hockey. not true. But and, and to be fair, you know, you're also playing against guys who are generally in their mid twenties. Yes. Yeah. So like, and then you, and, and I think that's the problem is that like, Canadian football just needs to be better. The amateur ranks, the ability to get exposure, the big thing is exposure, and Canada football chat has done a great job at that. But it's the training, it's the available training year in and year out for these players to to continue to increase their skill. So you know, I think there's two things that the CFL doesn't have that, well, not CFL, but Canadian football doesn't have that American football does have. One, massive salaries that can set you up for generations. Two, the hype machine that is the NCAA. That to me is what I think makes American youth football very like successful without players looking at all the money they can possibly make and all the fame and their name on billboards and everything. They don't have what they have. The same goes for the NCAA, right? I think the fact that players look at in high school and they're like, dude, I can go play for Alabama. I can be playing in front of 120,000 people every weekend. I think that does a lot that that makes you want to play youth football. That makes you kind of not care that you might get CTE, right? There's people 
here I mean, that are that's like a different. That's a completely different. Absolutely, that's a different thing that we're not going to talk about right now. Might come up eventually. Who knows? But I don't think that we have the hype machine that the U.S. does, and that's that's a massive part of it. Like we have that hype machine in hockey, we don't have it for football. We're getting yeah, it for I mean, basketball too, by the way. As someone who who's been infuriated with the lack of of true development in Canadian football in terms of um, accessibility for camps and and for improved skills and improved exposure. I see where a lot of Americans are like, we don't need more Canadians. Like, you know, we need the best players available, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, yeah, we need the best players available, but we need Canadians to feel like they can be part of it. And if we're going to just generate a league of Americans, may as well start moving to the States and just call it, you know, it wouldn't be the Canadian football league if there wasn't Canadians. It's just a matter of creating, like you just need to create, you need to create a better amateur development program. What I would like to see, Shane, I would like to see the emphasis on bringing in Canadian talent kind of toned down while subsequently we somehow develop a magical Canadian quarterback that, you know, is the best thing the league has ever seen. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. The train, and this is, comes down to training. Nine times out of 10 Canadian quarterbacks are just as good on a pure skill level as a lot of these American quarterbacks. Um, like I, I played with a guy in, in, in Ottawa who was, I believe one of the top ranked quarterbacks in Canada. He, he dominated anywhere he went, you know, he had everything you were looking for out of a quarterback, but you don't, we don't, we don't have the type of training that they have in the States. The training in the States can take a mediocre, mediocre quarterback and make him look great. The That's what we saw with Nathan Rourke. That's why Nathan Rourke went to the states. Like you can, you have a, or and in Canada, you can have a solid, fantastic quarterback who who can light the league up, but the training doesn't allow it. Yeah, I, I've coached one and I've played with one, two quarterbacks, who could terrorize the CFL, but the training level just wasn't there. The fact that the state, like the the states, you know, allow you to go across the country. To, to battle and train with some of the best prospects in football in the States. Canada doesn't allow that. You know, I, you have the Fox wanna, 40 prospects, but that's different. I just want to mention too, that uh, I know I said that we saw that with Nathan Rourke when you said that we see mediocre quarterbacks be good. Uh, Nathan Rourke, I don't think is a mediocre quarterback. I think he's going to be a very good CFL quarterback. But again, it comes down to, it's the idea why, that he had to he go, go down there? the States. Right. He went down to the States because we talked to him. If you guys go check out the episode that we had with him, he talks about the fact that he went down to the States because he felt like there could be, he would have gotten better training and better equipped for whatever he came next. And that's the problem is that, you know, and, and you know, this isn't just a football thing. This is also a basketball thing and a hockey issue. Why doesn't the NHL who look at the CHL for players not look at CIS hockey when most of CIS hockey is former CHL players, the same way that they look at NCAA hockey. Well, a, a lot of that it... comes down to the fact that they were the CHL players who weren't good enough to get drafted. So most of the college players, you know, Bobby Butler, for example, you know, all these, all these Hobie Baker award winners, most of them weren't good enough to get drafted. Well, they notice how it's weren't. always the American teams that ended up signing those players. 
Ottawa's had two because bidding wars. Multiple. Okay, Ottawa's Ottawa's an exception because they're stupid. And you know that better than anybody else. No, because Jimmy VC was high on Toronto's list. He just chose New York. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Like, a lot of these players are high on Canadians' list. They just choose the states. Let's not, like, let's... Let's not for like, let's let's be real here. The immediate the American media hype up these players so much that we think they're otherworldly. Yes, Kale McCarr going to the NCAA, and here's the thing: you, even in Canada, it's an issue. You have to decide if you want to go junior or NCAA at a young age. That's a, that's a big issue. Oh yeah, 13, absolutely. Because if, if you kid. play if you play a single game at 16 years old in the CHL, you're automatically eliminated from any discussions about going to the NCAA. Yeah, you like, can't play in both. Yeah, and you know what? I guarantee you Kale McCarr would have rather gone to... If Kale McCarr was going to be as good as he as he is, uh, and he thought he was going to be, like truly thought he was going to be at, you know, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14, even Jonathan Taves, they would have gone the CHL route. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. Like, look at some... Look at the big names of like the really big names that come out of USA hockey. Most of them have spurred and like university hockey, Patrick Kane, Austin Matthews. A lot of them have spurred USA hockey. And like we, we saw it. We, we see it all the time, right? That, that's, I mean, we're not a hockey show, but quickly, uh, the London Knights do this all the time where they'll draft somebody that's committed to the, to the, the collegiate program. And it, the NHL teams will draft them and they'll say, look, we don't want you playing in college anymore. Go play in juniors. Go play for London. And that's how they're good every year. Well, I mean, Kachuk was just dra- straight up drafted by London. But you saw – Ottawa saw it with Jonathan Gruden. He he got he got drafted by London. He played one year of university and was like, screw it. I'm done. And went – because he's good friends with Josh Norris. And Josh Norris got hurt. Could have been career ending. He missed most of the end of that – the final half of the NCAA season. And he's like, I'm not going back to school because I don't get paid. So I'm going to go sign this contract and get paid. And if something happens, well, I've made money. Yeah. Like. This is why we all hate the London Knights, by the way. We are. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you hate London. I, I Okay. Don't. No, we I all hate no London. <laughs> um, all of us. But. And I think that's the thing is that that's the issue with Canadian football. That's the, that's the issue with Canadian sports, to be fair. Yeah. But. Let's let's move on to uh, our fan base segment because there's a little bit more debate there. Oh, before we go on, we do have the other news for for the uh, uh, Montreal draft pick. Okay, who got who got cut? Um, I literally just had his name, Mark Antoine Decoy. Yeah, got cut by uh, Green Bay, second round pick, fourteenth overall by Montreal in the 2020 draft. That sucks. Not surprising. It's what happens when you have a when you go undrafted. Not. Especially right now, right? They had to cut their roster size relatively down. Do we know anything about uh, Michael Hoked? He no, oh, he got going? put. He he didn't go. He didn't. Uh, he oh, got right. put on the on the COVID list. Yeah, so I know there's no season, uh, but that's some CFL news. Like we can we can look at that. Um, I wonder now if since there's no season, do we start seeing these guys get signed? Maybe uh, do they hold on? To hold on because they'll own their rights, right? I don't. I, consider- I wonder because normally, normally they sign them all right away. Yeah, because most of them are going to be in camp literally a week later. Yeah, but with the eligibility thing cleared up in youth sports, 
them being able to go back. We might not see any of them signed. Well, these these ones this year that were drafted, I don't think they'll go back. It's the ones that would be drafted for next year that we'll see go back. So they might have to sign all of the guys. Well, not everyone. Last year. Not a everyone. A lot of them, yeah, but not all of them. Right. I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But if, here's the other thing is that if they don't sign, they still own their rights. If it's all about Article 16, anyone under a contract becomes a free agent, why are you going to sign them? Well, that's that's it. We don't <laughs> from what we've heard, Shane, I don't think that's going to happen. No, but it's a, still a possibility. So unless you can guarantee that these guys aren't going to be released, then you know, you're not going to sign them until you know what's going on. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if these guys don't sign until the start of 2021, depending on how the CBA is looked at. Um, let's also quickly uh, point out we have we are currently running a phone case giveaway. So all you got to do to do that, head over to our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can uh, find that giveaway, enter up, and uh, you can pick one, whatever case you want for whatever phone you want in whatever color you want. So that's not true. There's like five, color, like six colors you have to pick. Well, yeah, but from the colors we have available, but yeah. Um, and I think we have what white, red, orange, blue, uh, like a, a baby blue, yellow, dark blue, green, black. I yeah. just listed all, all the ones all CFL, that you have here, but all CFL, all CFL teams should be represented. Yeah. In, in some way or another. I bought the green one, not because I'm a writer's fan, but because I like the green. Yeah, uh, someone bought the black one, uh, got some coat. We have, and like, we also have, you know, coasters, mugs, blankets, posters, things like that. And the, all throw, those the throw blanket that Shane described as sexy. Oh man, it is though. We got, here's the thing though, coasters. Great, great for parties, you know, get to put them out. Be like, oh, what's that? Oh, 13th Man Podcast. Here, let me show you. Great conversation starter. Yeah, there you go. Uh, um, so oh, yeah. Actually, you know what? Uh, let's, let's also mention the article that we were mentioned in because we can oh yeah so weirdly i uh, i was going through our uh team email like our our podcast email and we ran it we found across an email from uh what was it fan spread fans uh feedspot.com feedspot.com uh and they were talking about oh we made a list of the top 15 cfl podcasts uh, basically be like, I'd like to personally congratulate you as your website. 13th man podcast has been selected by our panelists as one of the top 15 Canadian football league podcasts on the web. Um, we're going to link that, you know, and we surprisingly, um, we were ranked, uh, we were ranked fifth. Yeah. <laughs> um, which honestly to read that list and see some of the people, and the shows that are on there real, really, uh, kind of an honor to be a part of those names. I, I know the Piffles podcast was up there. The Argos fan cast was up there. The three we down nation f- podcast was there. And I don't think they've you know, posted anything in a long time though. Uh, the waggle is on that list. The two and out podcast is on the that BC list. lions. Den podcast. Yeah, the, man. Like the it, Wookie, it's wood cookie saw cast Rouge radio, you know, and a lot of these guys have been going Podski um, wee wee. Yeah, going a lot longer than we have, that's for sure. Um but eh, like some of them have way more way way more episodes and way more following than all of us. Than, yeah, than they us. also have us listed as one episode per day, which is definitely not true. <laughs> but um 
Yeah, I I mean, you know, kind of an honor to be listed with these people. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and like obviously we understand that this is one person's opinion, or, or one people, a couple of people's opinion. Um, so but being ranked fifth as as a startup in April when a lot of these have been going on for at least a year minimum, like more, I think most of them were going for at least two years. You know, that's a huge honor. Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to claim that we're the fifth best CFL podcast out there. Um, (laughs) can I disagree with that? But I mean, like I said, I I don't care where we were listed, whether we were number one or number 15 or, you know, just to be on this list is, is to be recognized. Yeah. It's, uh, again, guys, thank you for, for all the, the, the shares, the listens, all of it. Uh, I think what we hit two thousand listens. Yeah, we officially uh, a couple hit weeks the ago. two thousand listen mark, which was really cool. I missed it somehow, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't. I I can't say that I thought we'd be in this spot when we started this in April. I also can't say that I thought we would still be in quarantine ish back then. But I mean, here we are. We're thirty six hey, episodes deep, and we still haven't talked about a single CFL game yet. Hey, and guys, we're going to continue to bring the, uh, the the content. I know some of these podcasts have decided to take breaks, and I respect that. Uh, a lot of these have, you know, th- this isn't their day job. They have a lot of other things in their life, and they, you know, there's no reason to, to continue, right, when there's no games. But we, we enjoy talking football. We enjoy talking sports. Uh, so we will continue to bring uh, content your way. Yeah, maybe we, I, I tweeted that we're the official Stan account of the Toronto Raptors now. Um, so, yeah, that was all Frankie it had nothing so to do with me we may or may not have some Raptors talk at some point uh, up to nothing against the Nets right now I can't complain too much by the time you hear this it's probably 3 nothing. if not or it's 2-1 or, who knows no shut up we don't talk like that on the show <laughs> we are the the Raptors are the best and shut up if you don't think that's true <laughs> so go yeah. Portland let's oh, go Portland God, shut up Actually, you know what? No, I, no, I, no, I, I can agree. Portland, I can agree with I this. I want Portland to upset LA. I can agree with this. I just want Raptors. <laughs> Let's go, Dave. Clippers. I want Raptors, Clippers in the finals, and I want the Fuck Raptors the Clippers. to beat I don't, the Clippers. I don't no, 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 no. Okay, I don't like the Clippers. I just want the Raptors to beat Kawhi. No, fuck say, that. Hey, I have Kawhi, no issue with Kawhi. Kind of sucks to be I, you, but you like should have stayed with us. You know? Okay, but I have I'm no like, issue thanks. with Kawhi. I have no issue with Kawhi. I want Denver because yo, Canadian Jamal Murray. Uh, Dame deserves a lot of a lot of respect. So like, go Portland. Dude, Dame is shooting what forty per, or like forty percent from thirty feet plus. That's ridiculous. So. But anyway, yo. Also, Fan go base. Boston just because fuck Philly. <laughs> okay. Go Boston. Wow. Okay. Wow. Because I just want uh, them to can, beat. I hope the, both those. Beat, I, ho- I hope both those teams lose. Shane. That's cool. They're they're playing against each other. Yeah, I hope they both lose. Yeah, I I don't care after round one. I just want no Philly no. I out. hope they both lose in round one. <laughs> It's not possible, but I hope it happens. I hope they I hope they play an overtime game in game 7 of the fi- of the first round that never ends. Yeah, well, unfortunately it's 2 nothing Boston and it seems like that's going to be a well, sweep. Joel Embiid was seen crying on the sidelines again. Where have we seen that before? Oh wait, I have a poster right behind me that has Kawhi's shot and I think I think uh, Joel Embiid may or may not have cried after that. So uh, let's go Raptors. We're the official stand account of the Toronto Raptors, and uh, we might talk about that at some point. But um, anyway, fan base. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Go ahead. I just forgot my train of thought. So yes, let's go. Okay. Let's go to oh. the fan base. Fan base. Before we run out of time. Um, <laughs> so again, uh, this this is going to be a segment that we do a little bit more of. 
I put this one out at 1.50 in the morning. So thank you for voting in it for whatever reason. If you were up probably at 1.50 in the morning. He's probably editing the podcast. Let's be real. Um, this, I actually posted this on Thursday morning, technically. So we aren't <laughs> we aren't that far removed from recording this right now. But as you probably have heard in the last episode, our fan base is going to be we're going to put out polls. We want to see your opinions, and we're going to debate that on the show. And we'll give you guys a chance to chime in on this kind of stuff. So we asked three questions this week instead of four. I think three is going to be where I stick. Uh, because it's easier for me to come He's up with lazy. three questions. No, I, I literally could not come up with a fourth question. That's this what, week, he, so I said, you, realize, you realize that I'm here, right? If you have a question and you need help, you know, uh, I'm here. I'm here to help. I was afraid to close my Twitter app because it would delete all the threads, possibly. That's so. why you hit exit, save as draft, and then close it. God See, damn you it, know, you knew. Shane, that, that, that would make too much sense. <laughs> but the first question I ha- we had this week, you're picking first overall in a CFL draft. Of the players listed, who are you picking? Bo Levi Mitchell, Andrew Harris, Charleston Hughes, Mike Riley. We talked about this a little bit last week, Shane. Oh, you're asking a question. I thought you were going to tell me the response. Um, no, no. We'll, I, we'll debate it first, and then I'll tell I, you. I mean, okay, okay. Here's the thing. Prime Charleston Hughes, 100%. First Not overall. Even 100%. Really? Because Yeah, because I don't care how good a quarterback you are. If your defense sucks, your defense sucks, you're not going to win any games. Like... The CFL is so. Let's pretend. Let, let's for honestly. I know there's been so much emphasis on a quarterback, but if I'm picking first, let's say it's a standard draft where you pick first and then you pick tenth. I guarantee you, I can get a solid quarterback at tenth if I pick Hughes at first. Okay, so there is if, no if, guarantee that I get a solid defensive end at tenth if I pick Bo Levi first. Don't get me wrong. I chose Bo Levi. I, I chose Bo Levi because I'm assuming like this isn't like a 2020 situation. There's a fantasy draft, but if we're gonna talk about like if we get all of them in their prime, I'm taking Charleston Hughes 110. percent Okay, so not in the prime. The the CFL redraft is being done today. Everybody is as is. It's oh, I'm also Bo Levi. It's also not a draft like you're not picking. If you pick one, you're not picking ten. The order flips every round. Oh yo, fuck that. That's how it would uh, work. I'm still I'm still taking I'm still taking if. If it's in if it's in this situation, I'm taking Bo Levi. Okay, that's if, what I said. If to. it's if it's a if it's a everyone in their prime, I'm taking Charleston Hughes because I can still grab a good quarterback at nineteen, uh, eighteen, and I'm fine with that. Fair enough. Because I guarantee so, you, a guy like Vernon Adams or Dane Evans or Nick Arbuckle, hell, even Cody Fajardo or uh, or uh, uh, Caleros would probably be there. Uh, and if not, okay, I I might struggle. I could trade. Mazzoli would be there. Harris could be there. There's viable options. Bethel Thompson or Matt Nichols could be there at 19 or 18. I'm taking Charleston Hughes at one. The only you're talking per- about everybody in their prime. Everyone in their prime. Okay. Fair enough. Thanks for adding that part onto my question. <laughs> um, let's just say not many people agree with you on the Charleston Hughes front. Um, 20% of people said Mike Riley. Which I can understand. I think there's there's people that think Mike Riley is still better than Bo. I disagree with that. We've discussed that before on last week's episode. Seven percent of people said Charleston Hughes. Not one person voted Andrew Harris. And seventy three percent of people said Bo Levi Mitchell. I'm kind of surprised that no no one said Andrew Harris. To be honest with you. I mean, I'm not overly surprised. Running backs have always been disrespected. Yeah. Um. Next question. 
this this is where we get some serious debate and I don't know if anybody has a good answer to this one. How confident are you that the CFL will have a 2020 season as of right now? Very confident, somewhat confident, somewhat unconfident, or very unconfident. Wow, man, that sounds like a friggin' survey that I had to do in grade two. It does. After, after a test or after one of those like, <laughs> EQAO tests. How, how confident do you feel in your results? <laughs> uh, not very confident. <laughs> I only have four options on Twitter, man. I got I to gotta do what I got to do here. This question could have, uh, like, I, it should have been a one to ten scale, but I can't do that. Yeah, you can. No. Zero to, zero to two. Three to five, nope. six to eight, nine and ten. There you go. Not good enough for me. I like words. Uh, clearly. What if, what if I'm not? Like, if I'm a zero to two, what if I want to say one? I don't want to be a zero. zero to two. But now zero I'm, to no, two. no, no, no. That's not good enough. Okay, be very confident in zero to two. I'll just do next time on a scale of one to four. Uh, either way, I said very confident. Uh, 43% said very confident. You're not supposed uh, to say that yet. Well, You're also shit, stealing you my t- job. You didn't tell me what I can and can't say. God damn. You're supposed to know this. <laughs> I can't read your mind. But yes, very confident that they'll figure their shit out and get on the field for 2021. If it's if fans are going to be in the stands, I'm, I'm not very confident. If, if this question was like including fans, I would have hit very unconfident. Really? Yeah. I don't think there's a chance in hell that they play without fans. I feel like if they get their, their their things in order and having a year to figure out their financing, they could probably do it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it's – if they get government help, I think it's a different story. Maybe. But I don't think it's any different. Like, if, if we can't have fans, I think we're talking about needing a hub again, right? Because that means the virus is nowhere near under control. Yeah, and, and mean, from from I, what I'm... from what I've seen, sorry, I'll, I'll interrupt because I, I saw a video that uh, Orlando City, the uh, the MLS team, put out about what they're doing to ensure social distancing at games. Why can't we do that? Probably can. It just needs government. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Orlando, Florida. Oh right. Okay, but yeah, fair enough. We're t- we're talking about August 2020 versus June of 2021. You mean yeah, it's, but like, like, we can't get this thing okay. to a point where we're we're well, not going to die from it in a year? Well, no. To be fair, I'm pretty confident that there will be fans. But to be fair, it's also Orlando who hasn't really – like Florida itself hasn't done anything. No. So, no, like, they haven't cared. <laughs> like, so it's a little bit different. Their, their guidelines of, of, of social distancing are a lot different than up in Canada. Oh, yeah. So, But I, I feel confident in saying that there will be fans in the stands. Uh, for 2021, and I'm very confident that there will be a 2021 season. A exactly. Full 18 games, preseason and all. There'll be exactly a great cup in Hamilton. So, as you said, 43% said very confident. 29% said somewhat confident. 20% said somewhat unconfident. And only 8% said very unconfident. I think right now, it's almost impossible to say that there won't be a 2021 season. The oh, yeah, things I mean. things have just been looking from a virus standpoint things have been looking so much better in the last month than they have you know in the in the months prior to that um and i think the news that the vaccine whether you think a vaccine can be done or not the news so far has been undeniably promising yeah and i mean i think i think there will be fans in the stands 
Um, so um, lastly, I know you're going to have a very passionate take on this one. Do you consider the XFL a threat to the CFL? Um, no, not at all. Not at all. Not. So let, let me tell you why yes then. Because you've had your opinion on this known before. The reason that I say yes to this question is because I think that if we're looking at an XFL where the money is equal or better than the CFL, I think that the CFL is in big time trouble. In a, in a world, you have to get the XFL first to a point where it it pays better or equal to the CFL, which that in itself, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But if that league ever gets going, I think the CFL might be in trouble. One word. Stability. Yes. As it stands like, right now, I don't like, think the XFL is a massive threat to the CFL. And even honestly, in okay, five years, it might is. be. Even if there is, who cares? Even who cares if it pays more? Who cares? There's always going to be players to want to play football. No, but all of a sudden, then you become the third best football league in the world. Only, only by American standards. Who cares? You have no, okay, but I'm not. Play- I'm not talking no, about no, no, but like thousands of players every year come out of college wanting to play. Yes. Um, and it's just like there'll always be players who come out of college. There will always be players who want me to play. You'll the, always the be able to find it. Is instead of getting your guys out of college that weren't quite good enough to make the NFL, in the event that the CFL becomes the third best league in the world, all of a sudden those those borderline college free agents go to the XFL, not to Canada. So we might not see guys like Jonathan Rose, uh, Sherrod Baltimore, Nick Arbuckle. Like those guys might go to the XFL. That's why I think that we might have a bit of an issue. I don't know if the league would, I mean, would suffer. Fair, I think it, the quality of football it, okay, would still be okay. To be fair, if if anything, if it's the same, if it runs on the same schedule that it, that it is now, where it ends in like early May, players could just double dip. Right, but if it stays short, I, I wrote this. I, I keep going back to this article um, because it was a, apparently a good article or something. The one that I wrote for 613 Sports that said, if the the XFL can pay you enough that this, that you, like, if you were to go to the CFL, if you were to make the same amount of money, but instead you're doing it for 10 weeks in the XFL, all of a sudden, like, if you're making $90,000, what's the point of double dipping? Because they're athletes and they want to play. Well, I get really that, gonna, you're but gonna, at the you're same really time, gonna t- okay, you're going to tell me that if a, if a player has the ability and, and look precisely at the CEBL, that's what they're doing. Players are double dipping. Players are playing in Europe and then coming to Canada and playing. That's exactly what's happening. But I would almost think that their odds of making it to the NFL would be better if they're playing American football. That's the maybe, other part of that. Maybe, but here's the thing: you end. Let's say you end in in May. Or, or late April and you, your agents like, yeah, there's not really much attraction. You know, there, there's still not enough. There's still not a lot of room like this, the, the draft and whatnot. You're heading into OTAs, but they're like, Hey, there's a team up North that's interested in you. You could be off for seven months or you could go up to Canada and play ball. What are you I, gonna I think choose? it, it depends. You, it really depends. Most, most borderline NFL players, who aren't getting a call from the C? Because what I think there's what like a handful of players from the XFL. There wasn't a lot of XFL players who signed on to the NFL. Yeah. So cool. Maybe a full season changes that. 
maybe the pandemic changes, like having not having the pandemic, things change. But the big thing is, is if a player has a good year but doesn't have, um, you know, a solid like a good enough year to gain NFL interest, and his agent's like, hey, the Ottawa Redblacks in the CFL are willing to offer you a contract to come play for you, like play for them. Yeah, you know, you you got to play an extra, you know, couple like seven months. You get to play an extra 21 weeks, but it's better than sitting at home and doing nothing, I waiting th- for an opportunity when you can go out and ball out. And I then, think that's oh, it's one f- year. You can go back out, take a couple months off, and you actually have general, and you have a really good year in the CFL. I think that the the right now, the stepping stone to the NFL is the CFL. As much yeah. as it, it hurts seeing players come and go, until the XFL shows any kind of stability, the stepping stone to the XFL is the CFL. And until that changes, the the XFL will never be a threat. No matter how much money they pay, if the if the NFL does not give a fuck about the XFL and the players on the in the XFL in terms of actual playing ability, they don't care. Why? So why should the players care? The last we, thing that I'll say about this, though, I think this benefits I, I, having two leagues. I think benefits the young players because I think you like you said you might still see some young players come up and and double dip. What it does do to the CFL, let's say that the XFL gets to a point where they can pay Derek Dennis, Darrell Walker, SJ Green, those kind of guys that were intending to double dip. If they can pay them in the CFL uh, equivalent to what they were making. So for Darrell Walker, he was making, what, 250 k in the CFL? Yeah. Which is hard to believe now when we look at him sitting as a free agent. Um, let's say they, uh, uh, the Houston Roughnecks, for example, pay him. $200,000. He's not going to double dip anymore as a veteran player. Like those are the kind of guys are going to okay. lose. And here's the thing. Considering what's happened with the CFL, those kind of players are out of it. Anyways, those are the kind of players that are going to get hurt in a 2021 season. It's not going to be, you know, the, the first, second, third year American guys. It's going to be the guys who've been in the league four five, six years who want top of the line money. Those are the guys who are going to get hurt. You're gonna ha- you're still gonna have those tiers to come in and replace them, but I don't know. I'm not worried about it. I, until they show any kind of like any form of stability, I'm not worried. Fair enough. My 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 worry is just entirely based on if they can become financially stable and pay. That's when that's when we have problems. Yeah, but that's probably not for another two three years, depending on when this XFL gets going. Yeah, I don't so, think the XFL has a chance in hell to get going for 2021. If I'm they being want, honest with you, but hey, they want to go for 2021. I, if they go, I for don't care what great. they want. The CFL so, wanted to play a 2020 season too. I couldn't give two shits what the XFL wanted to do. What's realistic for them to do, I think, is 2022. I don't know how in hell they get nine, or eight franchises ready to go, players in the league and everything, and COVID protocols ready to go for 2021 because they're starting that league from scratch again. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. So let's say the let's say if the CFL can get up and running for 2021, and the XFL doesn't get up and running for 2022, it's an advantage. Oh yeah. So, but either way, guys, that's the end of our episode. We're going to end it off with that. Before we do, though, do we really want to announce the news that's happening? Eh, want to wait? Can cut it if we want. <laughs> do we want to wait? Do we want, do we want to wait till Tuesdays? Yeah, you know what? Let's wait till Tuesday's episode okay. to announce. Okay, this. we'll, we'll so, leave you on a cliffhanger. So, so on Tuesday, you, you're going to want to tune in. Because we got some exciting news to announce on Tuesday's episode. Yes. On that note, we're going to cut this episode off. You can find me, Shane underscore Ryan 97, Frankie at 613 Frankie. You're going to have to change that. Um, Why? 
because I don't know because I can't it's my see area that. code. I'm an Ottawa guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, six one three Frankie. You can find us Thirteenth Man Pod, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Thirteenth Man Podcast online on, on our website on Facebook. Check out our Red Bumble uh, Red Bubble store. Um, <laughs> it's it's different every time, man. Oh man, uh, but check us out on our Red uh, Red Bubble store. Got some great stuff there. Every team's represented in terms of colorway. Uh, if you guys want a color that we don't have, definitely let us know. Maybe we'll make a collection of it. Who knows? Anyways, we'll catch you then. We'll catch you on Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern with a brand new episode. And again, we'll have a special announcement to make then. So you'll want to stay tuned. If you already haven't listened to our last episode talking about the league and the league's future, that was a good one. Uh, if you like the episodes, like, share, uh, smash that like button. Let your friends know. Let your family know. Scream it from the rooftops. So... And guys, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on Tuesday. Mom.